Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good morning, everybody. Welcome on into another edition of Fighters Fury here on 7 Night of the Ticket. Tobin here with you. A lovely Sunday, Mother's Day morning to everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Who, I mean, she's always been just a huge supporter uh, of my career, as most, uh, you know, as a lot of moms are, but but she's, this is not a career I think a lot of moms are probably thrilled to hear about, that they're, oh, their son's going to go into radio. Um, and man, she tries to, she listens to me more than anybody does, and she's always been a huge fan, a huge supporter, and wouldn't be here without her. She is, she is a, a monster, monster um She's a monster, monster foundation for being uh, in the field that I am and uh, and continue to work as hard as I do. So a happy Mother's Day to her and also a happy Mother's Day to my unbelievable wife, Diana, who is uh, who's super mom. She raises our two kids, Sophia and Tommy, uh, every single day with just unbelievable passion. Um, always, always going at it with uh, 110%. Uh, and I, I tell her every day that I'm just uh, always, always blown away by uh, by the things she's able to do. So, a, a huge Happy Mother's Day to my mom, and to my wife, and to all the moms out there, all the stepmoms out there, all the all the foster moms out there, everybody who's out there helping raise kids. Um, you're doing unbelievable work, and because of you we're doing things like this and having fun i mean the world doesn't work without you so thank you so much to all the moms out there and a lovely happy mother's day now we'll get into a little bit of the fight games of what went down last night had ufc 211 going down from dallas texas first ufc pay-per-view we've had since ufc uh in buffalo and i was very excited about this card man this was a stacked card from the uh from the prelims down to the main event and, you know, I came away with yesterday thinking this. The fights were good. Uh, some of them were very good. Some of them had great drama. Uh, some of them didn't. I think the main events and and the co-main, the two title fights, they uh, they probably had the least drama in them. They played out probably as expected. Um, with with Stipe Miocic with his TKO win over Junior Dos Santos. Uh, Yona Jacek, she was absolutely dominant over Jessica Andraj. And as far as the rest of the card, and we'll, we'll break it down fight by fight, I, I come out of it with this, um, because Damian Maia ended up topping Jorge Masvidal, Frankie Edgar, I thought out of anybody was probably the star of the night last night because of just everybody thought this was kind of going to be Yair Rodriguez getting his second legend to kind of send to the slaughter. You know, this was going to be Yair Rodriguez kind of ending the Frank Yedger train. The Frank Yedger was finally going to go away. 
you know, he'd be kind of the gatekeeper. He uh, he would be out of that top three, top two contendership. And, man, he did work on Yair Rodriguez. He beat Yair Rodriguez into submission. That's crazy. That's crazy that this guy who comes in there with all these kicks and buzzsaw and new style. And I think the funny thing is that, you know, we talk all the time about, ah, oh, this new wave of MMA fighter. You hear a lot of the analysts talk about it. And no knock on those guys. They're tremendous at what they do. Um, but just that, ah, oh, these these new kids, they're not coming up with just the wrestling base. They're not coming up with just the, the oh, they were a boxer. Oh, they were on the wrestling team. They're coming up learning everything. They're coming out with stuff that you've never seen. And a lot of that's true. Listen, they're, they're, these guys are coming out with crazy kicks. Their striking arsenal is probably better than ever. Um, you know, maybe they're they're having a black belt by the time they're, you know, hitting puberty. I don't know. But Frankie Edgar has got a foundation of striking and wrestling that I I don't know how many new school guys can keep up with. And he went through Yair Rodriguez. He was not dazzled by any of the fancy strikes, and Yair tried throwing a bunch of them. He went straight forward. He got under those those crazy strikes. He 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 put his hands on him. Then he took him down. Then he pounded on him. I thought both rounds were 10-8s. It was crazy. He put on such a beating onto Yair Rodriguez, and he pummeled this, this eye that Yair Rodriguez had by the end of that fight was unbelievably grotesque. It was crazy. So in the middle of the second and third round, doctor looks at it, says you can't go. So Frankie Edgar ends up winning. And now back into a title spot, you would think he we've got UFC 212 coming up in just a matter of weeks. That's only, I think, a couple weeks away. But man, it's uh it's a it's a it's it, it, it's hard to deny that Frank Yeager is going to be right there in that title picture. Now, here's what happens though. If Jose Aldo ends up winning, if he does end up winning, will Frankie Edgar still be that number one contender for the title? Um, that'll be interesting. I feel like the UFC will try and I don't know. I I feel like he is going to kind of be on the outside. But the problem is. With this division, you know, who do you really go to? Does, does you know, does Cub Swanson get a, a, another crack at Jose Aldo? Like, where do you go if Jose does come out, end up being a, uh, a, 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 a if, if Jose Aldo does end up on top and he does end up the undisputed featherweight champion, does Frank Yeager shot? They just fought in July of last year. You'd be doing another rematch. They fought twice. Um, the first fight, epic. Second fight wasn't that great. Um, you know, Jose looked really, really good coming off the knockout loss to Conor McGregor. But nonetheless, I think the bigger point of it yesterday, and that, that stuff will all get figured out, um, is just that Frankie Edgar, man. Like, you know, you could, you could talk all you want about new age and new wave and that these, these guys are coming up with, with, uh, with tricks that these guys have never seen. Frank Yeager didn't need no tricks yesterday. He 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 put his head forward. He got under these these crazy kicks and beat this guy, who is going to still be. I think I believe I, I do believe that Yair Rodriguez will end up being a star, uh, but but not yet. That was uh, too much. He bit off more than he could chew last night. Now, 
one thing that will be interesting, and I, I was just rattling some stuff around in my head yesterday while watching these fights at a bar. Um, let's say Jose does end up beating Max Holloway, and you need to find something to do with Frankie Edgar. I wonder, and we'll get into a little bit later in the show of where things stand with Conor McGregor, because Dana White had some interesting comments on the Mayweather fight and McGregor's f- near future for this year. If Frankie Edgar won't get the Jose Aldo shot, is it that crazy to say Frankie Edgar should go up and wait and maybe fight a guy like Tony Ferguson? Because I don't know when Khabib's going to be ready. We're all waiting for Khabib, Tony Ferguson. That's the that's the fight we're all waiting for. Tony really does need that next level opponent. Um, Nate Diaz was on Ariel Hawani's show, I think, a week ago, and he talked about the saga of him turning down the fight. So it would be that crazy for Frank Yeager, maybe step up and wait, maybe fight a guy like Tony Ferguson. Gives Tony a huge opportunity, and if he wins, great. If he doesn't, then we're for uh, we're set up for Conor versus Frankie Edgar. It's a fight everybody's been wanting to see. I think that's kind of a good no lose situation there. If we can't get Khabib and Tony Ferguson, I think that's a good fail safe. Having Frankie Edgar move up and wait, you know he would. He's not scared. So Frankie Edgar, I thought yesterday was the star of the show. Um, I want to. I'll, I'll move to to the main events and we'll we'll kind of recap those. Uh, because I want to dedicate a little more time to Jorge Masvidal uh, and Damian Maia next segment, because that was, other than the title shots, that one had the most stakes to it last night. Um, Stipe Miocic beating Junior Dos Santos in the first round. He avenges that loss that he had and now sits atop the heavyweight division yet again. He's defended that title twice, um, and I believe, I think the record is three. Three times, I think Cain Velasquez has the most consecutive title defenses. And, you know, Stipe's kind of picking off the old kings of the heavyweight division one by one, you know, between winning the heavyweight title over Verdum, he's knocked out Junior Dos Santos, he's knocked out Alistair Overeem. You know, he's 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 got knockout wins already over Mark Hunt, Andre Arlovsky. You know, so you look at this heavyweight division, and what's really left for him to do, you know, obviously the Cain Velasquez fight, everybody still wants to see. But as far as new blood, I guess you got to look and say, all right, do Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou have enough to beat Steve Miocic? Because he has taken out everybody else in this top five and not only taken them out, he's knocked them all out. There haven't been any epic fights. There haven't been any great rivalries. Uh, so Stipe's reign really, I guess, comes down to do the new wave guys of Frentz Ngannou and Derek Lewis, they have, will they have an opportunity to fight for the title soon? I'd imagine Stipe, who just fought in May, I imagine he's going to fight one more time this year. And we don't really know Kane Velasquez's status. I think if Kane gets healthy, he's definitely going to get that title shot. However, if he's not, because it is a big question, um, you would say in Ganu and Derek Lewis, whoever is more impressive in, in the near future, they'll get the touchdown. Are they good enough to beat Stipe? It's tough to know because, I mean, Stipe is so great. His boxing's fantastic. He did get touched in the Alistair Overeem fight. He was put down. If a guy like Francis Ngannou or Derek Lewis does get their hands on Stipe, 
it's not crazy to say that they could win those fights. However, it does seem like it's Stipe's playground right now, and we're all just kind of messing around with it. So um, UFC 211 yesterday, I want to get more into Damian Maia and Jorge Masvidal. And just one of the problems that did come out of UFC 211 yesterday that, you know, great card. It did come out. Um, it, 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 it was, I don't think it disappointed. I think it still was a good card. It wasn't, it wasn't tremendously, uh, it wasn't, I don't know if it'll be one of the most epically remembered cards or any of those things as it was maybe touted early on, but it was a really good card and it did come out. I did come out of yesterday having one problem with it though. And, and, and I think the UFC is still dealing with a problem and we'll tell you about that next. Welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Seaman Tommy Guns out this week. Enjoying their Mother's Day Sunday, as I hope all the moms out there are. So UFC 211 yesterday, uh, I told you guys there was one There's one problem I came out of yesterday with. I just think that the UFC is looking for a little bit of new blood to be excited about. A little bit of new blood. I think that's always an exciting thing, especially with a pay-per-view. And the one thing that I think happened yesterday was you you had a good card. It was a very good card, but I think you came out of yesterday lacking anybody really new to be excited about. I think that's always one of the important things with a card that of this magnitude that you're you're hoping that you're going to get a a fighter step up and really really have fans buzzing. I would say the only guy who really had that going for me say, I guess you could say Jason Knight, um, but I don't know how many people are watching the prelims. That's not obviously on the main card. Um, even Dustin Poirier, who him and Eddie Alvarez ended up fighting in no contest, which sucks because that was an epic second round. Dustin Poirier was doing work. Eddie Alvarez Took a monster straight left hand, multiple monster straight left hands from Dustin Poirier. Took some big time shots, and it looked like Dustin Poirier was about to finish the job. Eddie Alvarez was on wobbly legs, and it seemed like this was going to be another stoppage for Eddie Alvarez, a guy who does not get stopped. And Eddie weathers the storm, ends up getting a takedown, but then starts throwing these knees at Dustin Poirier, and oh no, second second straight pay-per-view card even though this was on the prelims we're gonna have a really good fight end because of illegal knees and situation was Dustin's up against the cage gets hit with a knee seems legal puts his hand down um gets hit with a knee they're not using the new rules in Texas where it has to be four points so should have been illegal gets hit with a third knee when his knee is on Dustin's knees on the canvas Gets it with another knee by Eddie Alvarez, which really cuts open Dustin Poirier badly. And finally, Herb Dean steps in, says that's an illegal knee. They bring out the stools. Dustin Poirier tells the doctor he can't see. So what ends up happening is they call a no contest. And Herb Dean was the referee. Herb Dean's one of the best in the business. I know he gets a lot of criticism for maybe letting things... Things go a little bit too long. You know, I, I think you could pick at every referee. Dan Mergliata, I believe, was the referee the last time this happened when it was Chris Wyman against uh, Gegard Mousasi. Now, that one ended up 
with Chris getting a loss. Um, so it was a little bit different. This ended up no contest. And I thought Dustin was very classy afterwards where he was yelling at the fans not to boo Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, clearly a guy that Poirier has a lot of respect for. And, you know, Poirier is, is a guy who had this real resurgence when he went back to 155, had a little bit of a slip up when he lost to Michael Johnson. But, you know, people were very excited about this card. Um, you know, these new rules, man, it, it, it's, it's tough. It, it, I, I don't know. I think what they got to do is they just got to make every state take it. Like, I think if the UFC, I, there's a couple, all right. The UFC, I think what they should probably do is just adopt the rules and say, these are our rules. Instead of putting those rules by commission, the UFC should just say, no, these are our rules. And I don't think anybody would have a problem with it because clearly the refs in both cases, Mergliata and Herb Dean, clearly both referees are a little bit gun shy as to what's illegal, what's not illegal, and how to execute. And I think Herb Dean, I think that if Dustin can't continue, you know, was the, the knee intentional? Was it not intentional? I, that's tough. I mean, Eddie Alvarez literally is was a was a a stiff wind away from being knocked down that round. What is he thinking in that fight? That's hard to know. I would think though that he's got to know it's borderline. I think they know that. But should he lose the fight over it? Yeah, you know, I think most likely no contest is the best way for it to go. Um, and they should. I think in these cases, it almost should be like no contest should be automatic rematch. I think that's the best way to go. And I hope it's that way with Chris Wyman. I hope we do end up getting a rematch with the one from 210. The problem is you don't know if Musasi is going to get uh, re-signed. Um, the thing that I think that Weidman's is worse because he ended up getting a loss on his record. These guys end up in a no contest. You know, ultimately it won't go. I know. I don't know what their win bonus situation is. And obviously uh, will cost them some money. Um, but the bigger point of it is I, I just think these referees are a little bit, there's too much going on between a guy like Herb Dean, who is, you know, basically he's going to be on every big UFC card, basically on every, every UFC card, but he's on every big UFC card, which means he's in a lot of different States. And I, I know it's their job to know what the rules are, but just like these fighters are in the heat of the moment, they got to figure out when to stop a fight. Uh, when to be involved are they involved too much and because these rules are so new i just don't think they realize what state they're in i don't think they're, they're really thinking about it so i think the ufc they need to adopt the rules and they need to transfer wherever they go they just need to be the ufc sanctioned rules there, there's no it shouldn't be determined by commission and if the U and and the ufc is powerful enough they're a big enough brand to where these commissions are going to say yes. It's not like if the UFC says no, these are our rules. You have to you have to abide by them, or we're not coming to your state. What commission is going to say no to that? Really? I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, especially New York. I mean, Christ, New York's get every single card. You tell me they're not going to uh, abide by those. So I just thought that was uh, you know that was disappointing. I think for those guys. One thing outside though of the. Outside of the the, uh, the the controversy, the one thing I do, I did come out of that fight wondering is you had Eddie Alvarez 
just really, really weather a huge, huge storm. I mean, I thought he was for sure done. And it made me wonder um, about his fight with McGregor. And I want to know whether... I want to know whether this was a case of Eddie... I don't know if bright lights got to him. You know, it was funny. Like, he had this uh, statement in the package before Dustin Poirier. Where, oh, Dustin Poirier's never been in the, the bright lights before, and he's never... I've always shined in those moments. And, you know, and I'm not trying to disrespect Eddie Alvarez because he is he's a Hall of Famer. He's hes great. But, you know, coming off what was his most publicized fight, you know, he got, he got dusted. And... I thought that was going to happen again, but he did weather the storm. I mean, the guy was showed monster, monster heart. And it just made me wonder, like, wow, does that does that show that Connor's stuff, his his shots are just next level? Are, are, are they just at, on a different playing field than everybody else? It was just something that that crossed my mind outside of all the controversy that went down. But one thing that it did come out of this fight car with ufc 211 that i think was a problem uh again was just just the lack of new blood there, there was there was really and i think that there were a couple of cases obviously yaya rodriguez they, they were hoping this was going to be his his coming out party it wasn't frankie edgar uh who i thought was the most impressive fighter. so it's not like i have a huge problem with this as far as hey i, I don't want to see the classic guys win but i do think for the future of ufc a guy like frankie edgar who's kind of stuck in no man's land like if Max Holloway wins, sure, he gets a title shot. But if, if if Jose wins, I don't know if you can run that back that quickly. Um, so they were obviously hoping Yair was going to win, get a title shot. Uh, Damian Maya, Jorge Masvidal. I don't have to be uh, up here telling you. I'm not a genius up here telling you. They wanted nothing more than for Jorge Masvidal to win that fight. And Jorge, hometown guy. Down here in Miami, I mean, ATT was represented strong on this card. Not a great night for AT uh, for ATT. It wasn't uh, between the Poirier stoppage uh, with the no contest between uh, Masvidal losing a, a, I think, controversial decision. Now, I'm I'm not a fighter. I, I'm I'm just a guy who likes watching fights and and and, and talking about it with you guys. So I'm open to hearing guys who have actually been in the cage. And it felt like the majority of fighters felt the decision was right. I saw even some fighters say, no no question. I don't even know why you have it 29-28 that Maya wins that fight. From my standpoint, just watching it, I just didn't think, I think Maya's in there to do one thing and obviously is there to choke you out. And, you know, First round, he's basically he's got the he's got the Damian Maya backpack. He's up there. Jorge's carrying his weight against the cage, but his hand defense is pretty awesome. Like it is, it is prime. He is he is not allowing Damian Maya to choke him out. His hand his hand fighting is fantastic. Maya's legs end up getting tired holding that triangle in the same position. He ends up falling off Jorge, and Jorge ends up pummeling him, man. And Looked like he really had Damian Maya in danger, in my opinion. And Damian Maya walks back to that corner looking like he got his ass whooped. So I gave that round to to, to Jorge Masvidal because, okay, Damian Maya is in this position where he's trying to get the finish. However, he's not getting the finish. Um, he's eating some elbows in the face. He's not really striking on Jorge Masvidal. So 
I, I don't know. I just had a hard time scoring that round for Damian Maya. I get why people did. Um, but I don't know. Aesthetically, just watching it. To me, it's different than a guy being on top of you, you know, holding you down and infl trying to inflict some damage. Maya's up there for one reason. He's trying to finish the fight. And I totally understand why it, and he is controlling him from that standpoint. And uh, Masvidal's doing one thing. He's trying to not lose in that case. Not trying to, he's trying to make sure that fight doesn't come to an end. And the second round starts. First round of the fight, first round of the, uh, uh, first half of the second round, you know, Masvidal. Striking is is real strong. He probably has the most time staying on his feet. He's delivering some real nasty kicks, some nasty shots to Damian Maya, and I think in most people's minds that he definitely won that round. Um, you know, but in my mind, uh, in my mind, I got a, I got a two zero for Maya. Third round, he comes out real vicious kicks, real real vicious kicks, but again does end up in that position now this is where Masvidal I think does deserve some criticism because he's got one position to stay out of and it's Damian Maya on his back looking to submit the choke so from that standpoint Maya is doing exactly what he wants to do he is setting out for he is he is trying to end up in that position trying to choke out Masvidal and at every single round Masvidal does end up in that position, having to just fend off Damian Maya. So I do think you have to give Maya a, 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 a heap of credit for that. Now, he didn't finish, and I don't think that there was even a, a, a point of drama where he's really trying to lock something in with Jorge. Um, so I get the decision, and I do think that Maya's rep is carrying him a little bit there because he does get into those positions um Masvidal you know Masvidal does have to adjust in some way hey don't end up in that spot it's gonna look bad um but if we're gonna say okay who really inflicted more damage in this fight I I, I think it's no question Masvidal I think it's no question um but hey Damian Maia ends up with seven straight wins he's gonna fight uh He's going to fight Tyron Woodley for the welterweight title. The question is going to be now is um, is Tyron Woodley, who I think is probably a little more, a um, little stronger than Maya. He's a little bit more natural for that weight class. Um, you know, is he going to have the explosion needed to to really get out of those positions maybe a little quicker than, than uh, Masvidal? Because Masvidal was clearly tired. Uh, when he ended up in those positions. But his hand fighting was excellent. I don't think he goes down uh, very much in, should it, in the rankings. Very, very close fight. And I I had I had Jorge Masvidal winning personally, and I know a lot of fans uh, who were watching the fight and, and were on social media, they saw it the way I did, that, that Maya wasn't doing anything. But I am willing to put out there... Uh, you know, that my opinion is novice in this regard. And I do feel like a lot of the opinions that I read of professional fighters was that Damian Maya did win that fight. Um, so 
I'm not one of these people who uh, who likes to get up in arms about it. I, I do think that, in my mind, Jorge Masvidal did enough to win that fight because um, he inflicted more damage on Damian Maia, quote-unquote. Uh, but uh, I do think that he does lose a bit of his argument because he, for three rounds, he did end up in the same position, um, even though he really wasn't close to getting submitted. So uh, we'll see. Damian Maia does get his title shot, though. He does, uh, he does finally get his title in, in reality, Damian Maia really shouldn't have been in this fight, uh, and, and props to him for taking this fight. That's, that's, that's huge balls on him to, to fight a guy like Jorge Masvidal when he probably shouldn't have to six straight wins now he has seven straight wins going into this title fight with tyron woodley who i know is gonna probably complain because he's trying to call out every big name under the sun um but you can't deny damian maya title shot anymore there's no there's no super fight there's no calling out of uh there's no calling out of uh a diaz brother or gsp or a mcgregor damian maya deserves a damn title shot he really does um whether i mean whether whether whatever you think whatever side you thought that fight landed on even even if you're telling me a guy's six and one in his last seven fights most people are getting damn title shots some guys go two and one some guys go one and two and get the title shot damian maya deserves a damn title shot um and i don't think jorge masvidal you know it was funny and a lot of people don't you know jorge masvidal is 32 years old but he's maybe the most seasoned 32 year old in fighting right now and it's all yeah he's, he's young he's got a he's got a lot of years upcoming um, it's good to see that he's now getting into that spotlight where people are giving him that respect. He's been doing it forever, but I do think that Jorge Masvidal is not far off from uh, from being back in that title picture. I really do think he gets another impressive win. He gets another impressive finish like he had over Cowboy Cerrone, and he'll be right back in there. There's a lot of news and notes that went on this week. That's kind of our UFC 211 recap. Uh, other than JJ, she was down over at Andrade. Uh, I I got one quick take on uh, on JJ and her, and her her performance yesterday when we come back. But also, uh, new comments from Dana White on the McGregor fight, uh, McGregor Mayweather fight, and where he stands and his UFC near future. Plus, we will uh, we will discuss some of the news and notes that went down this week in boxing. Shannon the Cannon had his press conference with Fred Kendo, and uh, seems like we may have a location for Canelo versus Triple G. All that and more when we come back on Fudders Fury after this. Okay, welcome back. Fudders Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Seaman and Tommy Guns will be back next week. Thanks to everybody for tuning in on this Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, we have our, uh, our, our, our kind of look at UFC 211. The one thing I want to say about Joanna and Jacek, um, before we move on to some of the news notes, I'll make this quick. Um, JJ was fantastic. Man, I, I tell you what, though. That, <laughs> I don't know what Jessica Andrade's head is made out of. Uh, some of the shots she took. Oh, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, we, I was, uh, I was watching yesterday at this bar and just the, the, ooh, uh, that were like just, just the collective groaning that was going on watching some of the shots that Jessica Andrade took were, uh, were pretty, uh, were, were pretty, pretty gnarly, pretty gnarly. Uh, so Yana champion, she ends up getting her win. I think that's her fifth title defense. So she needs one more to tie Ronda Rousey. Although Ronda's record's a little bit weird because in reality, you know, she was the strike force champion who turned into the UFC champion. So I guess quote unquote is a UFC, but she really defended the UFC belt, uh, five times, but in reality, she never lost this, the championship. So she really did it seven times. It's a weird record, but Nonetheless, uh, as far as uh, female title defenses, 
She is uh, she is five now, halfway to Demetrius Johnson. I do think that her and DJ are on a bit of a parallel where she is she's cleaning up a division. She's taking on Rose Namajunas yet next, which I think will be which I, I do think will be a good challenge for her. Rose is tough as they come. Her striking's really good. She's diverse. She's got a good ground game. Um, I do think that Yona may be a little bit too uh, big and quick for her, but we'll get to that bridge when we come to it. The one thing I will say with Joanna that I would like to see, uh, and this is, I, I don't mean to be that guy, but I do think that she's almost, she is going to get into that ballpark. She's been in this good position with the UFC to where she has been able to um, be on a lot of pay-per-view cards as a co-main event. She hasn't really been in that position yet, like DJ, where she's had to hold up a uh, a, a pay-per-view just because it's a title fight or headline, just a fight night or a Fox. Um, and I do think when she does get in those positions, because those will eventually happen for her, that she will, uh, that, uh, you know, I think she's going to need to start uh, ending some of these fights before people get a little bit... Um, Think wary of these uh these these clinics that she's putting on she does she is putting on clinics but uh people i think criticize dj for that and they ask for finishes i don't think it's gonna be long before people do start calling for those types of uh you will hear those chants for Joanna champion but she's fantastic um big win for att yesterday nice shout out to our boy dia davis in the win uh she was remarkable she really was i mean some of the things that she was able to hit Andrade with with uh, she's just clean. You know, D D uh, DC had some you know real good points on that. She's just nothing's looping, man. It's all just clean, straight, fast. She's like a ninja. It's amazing. She is she is remarkable to watch. But I do think that those cries will be coming from people soon. I, I got a feeling that's going to come. Um, Dana White came out and he says that he has a deal agreed upon with Conor McGregor. He has. A, a, his side of the deal is agreed upon. He hopes to have that finalized. What he had said was hoped for on Sunday. So he hopes to have that finalized today. And if that's the case, uh, he'll start negotiating with Mayweather's side. And he said yesterday that if this fight doesn't happen this year, it's not happening. Like he wants to get it done. And I will say with Dana, I think he has been outside of that little thing where he offered, uh, I think, what was it, $25 million a piece for every for each guy, I think he's been pretty fantastic publicly um, handling this fight. I think he's been pretty gracious about it. It's been a different Dana White. And I do agree with him. I think that this fight needs to happen this year. I don't want to hear about this fight getting chased for years. It's a freak show fight. I want to see it. And I I don't mind the circus that comes around with it, but I don't want to, I don't want these two guys to act like, Hey, you can do this. Like it's Pacquiao Mayweather and, and tease me for five years about it. No, uh, Floyd's getting up there. You got to get this fight to happen. I think at the latest by January, um, you know, and they lost their triple G Canelo date is what Dana said, but it needs to happen this year. Now, the other interesting thing Dana did say, let's say this fight does happen this year is that Connor wants to fight twice. And so if that is the case, if Conor does end up wanting to fight twice, you'd imagine that's going to be the UFC. The interesting thing, though, I wonder if this is going to be a one-off deal with Conor. Let's say Conor does beat Floyd, and it's a very small chance. Uh, people are going to be clamoring for a rematch, I imagine. Um, but we'll see. I, I think that was uh, those were some interesting things that come out from Dana White that 
that he hopes to have the Connor deal done side of the deal done soon, negotiate with Mayweather. And I do agree that I want this. I don't want to. I don't want this to be a thing that's. I, I'm. I'm almost fatigued as it is of Connor said this, Floyd said this, um, because I remember. I. I, I mean, we followed the pay, the the Mayweather Pacquiao fight like crazy when that was going down. You know, all the news notes. It was different back then, man. Twitter wasn't quite what it was. Um, you know, you had to go to websites like you know Boxing Scene or Fight Hype to kind of go find this stuff. And you kind of always recap it by the week. Oh, this is, uh, you know, Bob Arum said this. And, you know, Freddie Roach said this. And and Floyd said this. Um, now it's just so instantaneous. It's all kind of in your face. All this stuff is happening on social media. They're creating a lot of it themselves. Um, I just think the fatigue gets there a lot quicker. I don't want to see this drag out for another year. And I would love to see Conor McGregor back in an octagon this year, either fighting a Tony Ferguson or a Khabib Namagbedov or Frankie Edgar or a Tyron Woodley, or George St. Pierre, who, by the way, that was big news this week. George St. Pierre, uh, the the fight with Michael Bisping, called off. Called off, man. They are not going to do that fight. They said uh, GSP was taking too long, so y'all Romero is going to get that title shot against Michael Bisping. Um, so we'll see if Michael Bisping can uh, surprise everybody again, and imagine he's going to go into that fight as an underdog, and uh, we'll see if Yoel Romero can come out on top uh, or if or if Michael Bisbing can come out on top in that fight is back. Now, as to what's going to happen with GSP now, that'll be interesting. You know, GSP obviously wanted to come back, and he wanted to have big-time fights. And I think, G- uh, I think Bisbing was a good matchup for him as far as, you know, right, right kind of foe, GSP's uh, baby face to Michael Bisbing's heel. Um I think Tyron can still deliver some of that because a lot of people do like to hate on Tyron Woodley. So GSP will still be the fan favorite there. Um, but it will be interesting to kind of see what the next move is for George St. Pierre because we had such a long kind of drag out of, oh, GSP, is he going to come back? Is GSP going to come back? And then he didn't. And then, he, uh, you know, is GSP going to is he going to come back? And then he didn't. And then finally he does come back and we get this fight announced and now it's not happening. If fans are going to get a little bit weary of being teased by a GSP fight, I think they should do this. I think this really should be GSP's next move. Just fight Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's not happy. GSP's not happy. We've been wanting that fight forever. Um, just make that the fight. Make those two fight. I think it'll be. I think people will be stoked about it, no matter what card you put it on. We officially got. Uh, speaking of things getting dragged out, we officially had UFC 214, which will be late July. Uh, John Jones against Daniel Cormier. That was finally announced, uh, and he had John Jones announce that he beat Daniel Cormier after a weekend of cocaine. And it's funny, man. It's funny watching John Jones embrace his bad boy a little bit more, but people love it. People do love it. People don't want to be faked with John Jones, and they love hating on Daniel Cormier. Um, and I do think this is going to be the end of Cormier's run when this fight does happen. I do think John Jones will beat him. Um, but I do like that DC is handling, I think he's handling the roles well. Like before he got super emotional about it and he couldn't understand why people would root for John Jones. And, you know, we had DC on a little bit before his fight with Rumble and he's just like, you know, who cares, man? As long as they care. I think he's, he's, he's handling that a little bit better. So excellent for him. Just a couple quick boxing notes before we get out of here. Uh, the champ. Shannon the Cannon had his press conference with Frezza Kendo. That's officially announced for June 3rd at the Hard Rock. You guys can get your tickets now. I believe it's Ticketmaster.com. I believe you can get them. I know there's a link on Shannon's Instagram. Um, 
I tried to go to the press conference. I was told the press conference was starting at one this week, but it uh, started at noon, but it actually started at one. Um, so I didn't get a chance to go, uh, which was a bummer because I love going to uh, boxing press conferences, especially Shannon Briggs press conferences. Um, but we did have Fresa Kendo in studio the next day, and it was cool to have him uh, kind of give his side and uh, his side of how things are going down. Um, I do think that Shannon is going to handle Frez okay. You know, Frez is not an easy guy to stop, but the guys who have stopped him, I think that kind of plays into Shannon's strengths. And, you know, Frez hasn't fought in two years. So I, I do like Shannon's chances in that fight. I, I think he is going to end up winning that uh, that piece of the WBA title. And then who knows, man, that's kind of his in. I hope, I hope that ends up launching him into some big, big things. He's been on this campaign against Max Kellerman after we threw up that video with uh, Anthony Joshua shouting him out and Kellerman giving the side eye. Shannon did not like that, man. He has not. He's been railing against Kellerman. But it's part of the the, uh, the beauty of, of this. Like, he is kind of doing this all without the help of mainstream boxing media, mainstream boxing outlets. And I think when he does get the piece of the title, that'll be cool in for him. And finally, uh, it was announced or it was uh, revealed by Oscar De La Hoya that the early frontrunner for... Canelo versus Triple G uh, hosting site, Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium, how about that? I want to see it in Jerry's world. I want to see almost a Joshua Klitschko-esque where they could fit as many people into a building as possible. I think that place would go bananas for Canelo Alvarez being in Texas. Um, But we'll see. I'm glad that fight finally got announced. Um, You know, we didn't get the breakdown. This I was out of town last week, so we didn't get to break down much of Canelo Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I will say this. Um, I don't think anybody should be surprised by what happened. You know, I know we we talked about the size discrepancy between Canelo and Julio Cesar Chavez before that fight happened here on the show. And though those si- the size was evident, you know, Canelo's just a better boxer, man. It's just it's not even close. He's uh he's on a he's on a pretty great level right now. And I, I don't even I I don't even think that you know, my early feeling on is I think he's just in a different zone than even Triple G is right now. I really do. Um, but we have plenty of time to break that down. We got to get out of here. Um, so everybody enjoy their Sunday. Enjoy their Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Thank you for all you do. And we will talk to you guys same time, same place next week. Have a great one. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.